guys. Welcome to the Learn Live Love Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Kodiak, and I'm here with my co-host. Alicia. Hey, guys. And we are continuing our podcast from before. So if you missed that, we are talking about six things that we need to balance in our life and that it is very important to balance in everyone's life. And if you missed that, you can check that out on our website, learnliveloveabroad.com. We talked about uh, love life and work last time. We were planning on getting to school, but we did not. Didn't even come close. We did not get there. (laughs) So it's very important that you listen to the first half of this so you get the couple parts. In this part, we're going to be talking about school, social life, and hopefully we can get to hobbies and health. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. If we can't, then we'll make it into three parts. So. Yep. And if this is the first time you guys are listening to us, we are a podcast that talks about travel and relationships. So it intermingles a lot. We're going to talk about co-travel and we're going to talk about just living with people, finding the right person, as well as how to travel with them or determining whether or not you want to travel with them. If you don't and you're a travel person, then you probably shouldn't be with that person. (laughs) Because if you don't think you can travel with them, you're going to be really, really sad mm-hmm. every time you travel. And that's just not fun. It's true. Unless you want to be lone wolf like that. Which, in which case, I can't speak to you because I'm not like that. But anyways, we're going to dive right in because we ended the last one on school. No. Yeah. Was it school we ended on? No, we ended on work. We so we're going to talk about school first. So... School is a lot like work, but there's a few things that make it different. You have a lot more reading and writing and paying attention and going to lectures and it's kind of sporadic and it messes with your schedule and you can't plan work and it's 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 a giant pain in the butt. It really is. And I'm saying that and I love school. Well, I don't love school. I love learning. I'm totally nerdy about it. I really enjoy learning different things and school frustrates me. This has to be the one that gives me the most stress out of everything else we've discussed. Relationship, easy compared to school. Work, easy compared to school. Social life, harder, but still easy compared to school. And so I'm going to be giving you guys quite a few tips on what I do to help me through school and dealing with college and all of its joys. <laughs> and all of the wonderful amounts of money that you have spent Ugh. to sit in a lecture hall with a hundred other students just to listen to some guy drone on for three hours about different types of geography. About the differences. Landforms. About the it differences a- in dichotomy keys. Woo! I've only heard that like 12 times now. Anyway, so (laughs) moving on. Yeah, so school is definitely one of the most difficult things in my opinion. However, like we lumped hobbies and health into one, I really tried to separate school and social life. However, school and social life intermingle an extreme amount, and I still kind of think that they should have been commingled like I did hobbies and health, but... I say no. Because I think that there's some aspects to your social life that don't involve school at all. Especially if you're not in school, obviously. 
Yeah, fair enough. So it's not everybody has school on their list, but since we are still in college, we are um, we're going to talk about this one because it's it is a major stressor. Yep. So first off, we're just going to talk about a couple little things that we do that help our ability to go to school and to perform. So one of the things, and I am an avid, I'm avidly against studying. I cannot do it at all. Cody, I can't sit still for more than like three seconds if he's not doing something with his hands. It's true. And so it's really, really hard to get him to study. And he really, really needs to. (laughs) Not like you're a bad student or anything, but like... It's really hard to be like, all right, well, you have a test coming up and are are you prepared? And I swear it like half the time you leave it until the last minute. Yeah. So, so my biggest tactic, this might work for you guys and this has worked very well for me. I mean, I'm an A, so my GPA is generally high Bs, but a lot of times I'm an A student. And one of the things that has really, really helped me and really worked for me personally is I'll look over the stuff two days before the test. And by look over, I mean like 30 minutes, look over it. Like we're talking chapters and I'll look over it in about 30 minutes. And then the day before, I will look over it again. And then that night I look over it briefly. And by briefly, I mean like five minutes, go over the study guide and then go to sleep. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up and look at it one more time to try to figure it out. And, you know, I'd spend way less time. However, none of my classes have been major learn all of these words and, you know, when I had to learn all of the scientific names for critters and trees and bushes and grasses, I definitely did flashcards. So I'm definitely guilty of flashcards, but I don't, I don't do those unless I need to be able to memorize and recite, like regurgitate information. Guilty. As if like it's a bad thing. Man, you just spend so much time writing the stuff down. It's just, it aggravates me. Yeah. It's like a waste of time. But it's not, but it is. So, if you're, if you're the type of student that like can't sit down, then definitely follow Kodiak's approach. If you're the oh. T- oh, sorry, oh. sorry. Oh. I have one more amendment to that. That will work for you if you go to class and pay attention. Yeah, you can't just... You can't just not go to class. I have a buddy that studies an incredible amount and he spends most of his time studying because he doesn't know how to do the material. He doesn't know the material because he was never taught the material. So he didn't go to class. Because he doesn't go to class. So if you go to class, you can spend less time studying, in my opinion. And then you don't have to stay up until like three o'clock in the morning. Which studies have actually shown that you perform worse when you do that. good for you anyway. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so if you're not a student that can sit down and like study for long periods of time, then definitely like follow Kodiak's approach. See how it works for you. If it doesn't work, then maybe attempt something different. The way that I study, I'm basically your textbook teacher told you how to study person. Like I am ridiculously nerdy about this, but I read the textbook first of all. Like read it, read it. Like. Yeah, From I don't cover do that. to cover, which I don't know a single other person that does that. I think it's just me. 
but I always go through, and now I've started highlighting stuff, because before you couldn't, like, write in your textbooks in high school, and it was the worst. <laughs> and now that and you've now, reached college. now I don't want to, because I want to sell them back in pristine condition, so I get the most for my money. But All $15 of that $500 book. Yeah, exactly. But, so now I've, I, I've decided that it's, it's worth it to, if you have a lot of terminology, to highlight in your book. And then... I do a lot of flashcards, a lot of flashcards. I also study for extremely long periods of time. And something that I will be adopting into my study thing this year will be, I plan on every single day after class, just looking at the material, like looking at what we learned that day, reviewing it. Because if you review it, like every single day you won't have this huge amount to remember and studies have shown that you remember this stuff better and so i'm i'm excited to try it apparently it works and i won't have to write as many flashcards or read the textbook as often which i'm also excited about because i will spend hours upon hours doing that so another interesting thing that has came up recently is the effects of social media on your ability to take in information and process it. So what the study showed is that when your brain switch, and this isn't new information, when your brain switches things that it's doing, it does not do the second thing well. So if you're sitting there, you're typing away on this 500 word essay, which is really short now that I say that, on your <laughs> 10,000 word essay, you know, you're 4,000 words into it. You have two more days to do that. That sounds like a real thing. Save your essay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the end. That, just do it. It's... Sporadically. Save it sporadically. The worst when you finish it and your computer crashes. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning and it's due the next day. And it was 10 pages long. And you're like, I don't even know what to do. Yep. So save it sporadically. That's Alicia's words of wisdom. Okay. Continue with your... So actually the irony of that is the switching. So when you switch jobs, your brain doesn't do the second job as well. So multitasking is actually worse for you. And it shows that social media and having your phone there has a negative impact. And by negative impact, I mean like an incredible negative impact. It impacts your brain for up to 30 minutes after you looked at your phone. So if you're typing away on that 10,000 word essay, you're 4,000 words in, and your phone buzzes and you look at it and then you go back, you know, well, it's a text from your mom saying I love you. And you're like, oh, cool. Put your phone down. I'll text her later. And you never do. Um, that's me, by the way. I, I'm so guilty of doing that. Um, but you put your phone down and just that little glance, you're going to be hindered for the next 30 minutes. That's 30 minutes of time that you have essentially wasted because you are not at the peak performance. You are not producing the type of information you need to be producing. So what I've started to do is before I sit down to type anything, before I sit down to write anything or review or study, I take 30 minutes of a social media break. So I am at the tail end and I'll start 20 minutes or you know 30 minutes after my social media fast, my phone fast actually, where I'll put my phone in the living room and I'll go sit on the balcony or I'll put my phone in the living room and I'll come back to the to our bedroom where we have our desk and and I'll work like that. And what that does is you will be amazed how much clearer clearer? Yeah. 
clearer you think the irony of that statement <laughs> i know how much better you are at doing this stuff i mean working with math problems and working with all of that sort of jumbled oh it's so much easier it's like a serious fix it all and I know that sounds really, really crazy, and it's a wild statement, but I mean, I noticed a huge difference when I did it. And it could be the placebo effect. I'm not denying that. But I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah, if it's the placebo effect, who cares? Yeah. You're, you're studying better. Also, your brain can only like retain new information for so long. So I think that a lot of people, they, they go to a coffee shop, at three o'clock in the morning during finals week, they're stressed out, they don't sleep, and then they try to study for like four hours at like three o'clock in the morning until their test at 7 a.m. And that's just not good for you. And it's not working. And you're not going to remember anything. And it's going to be really, really horrible when you get into the test and they hand you the booklet with like 17 pages because it's your final and you don't remember anything. Like, it's just the worst. It is. It's a terrible feeling to sit down and have test brain. I mean, there's yeah. no feeling like, oh, I knew this five minutes ago, and now I don't. Yeah. So I think the best thing to do is look at it a couple weeks ahead. Like, you know this test is coming up. It's not like usually they don't spring, like, giant tests on you. And so write it down in your planner that I talked about before in the previous podcasts and be like I have this major test coming up I should look at the material at least a couple weeks before like one week before will probably be fine and then a couple days before do your big study thing but only study in 30 minute increments because increments <laughs> because otherwise you're not you're just not returning retaining information and they said well, the, the studies have said that 30 minutes is the ideal amount of time to study. I mean, everybody's brain is different. Like, you have different attention spans, but 30 minutes is a good rule of thumb. A lot of people that produce very high-quality work, so artists and um, authors and other people that have to produce very high-level work in very short amounts of time do this. They'll do 20 minutes and then a three-minute break. 20 minutes, 3 minute break, 30 minutes, 3 minute break, 45 minutes, 20 minute break. And in your break, you're not looking at your phone, you're not looking at anything else. The break is literally getting up, walking around or getting up, going to the sink and grabbing some water, or maybe a snack or something that doesn't necessarily trigger this separate entity. And with with social media and looking at your phone, and trying to figure out different things all at once. That yeah. also includes your emails. Yeah. Don't check your emails when you're trying to study because it's not... It's not helping you. Unless you need the email, like, you're looking and you're all, oh, does this need to be double-spaced or single-spaced? But you shouldn't be worrying about that halfway through your essay. However, if you're looking at it and you're like, hey, I need to know this, then by all means, do what you need to do. But don't, don't check your personal email halfway through your essay because then you're going to come back and you're going to be like I don't know and then that chunk of your essay is going to be like horrible horrible work and whoever's reading it is going to be like what the heck happened <laughs> I yeah, can't it's not. true 
It's true. And you really see it in your essays or you really see it in the work that you're doing where you get distracted and you pick it up and you're not as good. I mean, you really just don't perform as well. So with that, the 30-minute burst where you work real hard for 30 minutes, take a five-minute break. Don't do something else that's going to be considered that's going to cause multitasking issues. So don't look at your phone. Don't type on a different project. Don't play an Xbox game. Don't, don't do any of that. Don't play Flappy Birds. That was so 2000s. Anyways. Um, <laughs> like that's like five years old. Yeah. Probably so, not. It's probably not five years old. I never played it. Yep. So the main, the main story in this is do what your third grade teacher told you and study. I mean, it will really help you reduce stress and you don't have to do it a lot. You don't have to waste away your social life because you're studying all the time. And if cramming works for you, you're going to come across a class that doesn't allow you to cram for tests because cramming works for most people in most situations, but not all the time. So you need to have like a backup plan if the first like the first test you fail it because you crammed for four hours before the test and this this type of test is just it's not like that so definitely have a backup plan which we have listed so many different types of studying methods you should definitely have some idea of what you want to do when your cramming doesn't work anymore at least one <laughs> at least one method will work yeah at least try one of them so with that, we're going to roll on into social life. Social life, and the reason I had such a hard time separating social life from school is because if you're in school, you have a social life in school. You don't just walk in, sit down, put your head up, or put your head down, put your hood up, and zone out. I mean, it's really hard to walk into school and, and not talk to someone. Or make friends with yeah. somebody in your class or something. You definitely should make friends with somebody in your class. Because if you miss a day and your professor is kind of a goober about that kind of stuff, then you're not going to get the notes from that day. And there's going to be this huge gap that you don't know on the test or quiz or anything for that matter. Yeah. And on top of that, you don't know where those people are going to go. Five years down the road, you could be sitting in front of the next hiring official for the big job you always wanted. And then, oh my gosh, it's Sean from my dendrology class that I haven't, I haven't seen him in forever. Hey, Sean, how are you? You know, and then you strike up this conversation and he's like, oh, you're high. You know, you're one of the applicants. Okay. Sold. You're, you're hired, man. You did, a, you did really good work in dendrology and I didn't know you were a tweaker now, but you know, I hired you anyways. Oh, so <laughs> wow. that took an abrupt <laughs> 90 degree turn. But it, it goes to show you, yeah, if you, you don't, know people, you don't have to be able to do the work, which is so sad, yet it is true. Definitely, definitely make connections, because there's no better time. Because it's, it's harder once you're in a job and you only see the same people. It's like, those people are already working at your job. Like, it's hard to have somebody do something that you really, like, expect them to. Yeah. And if you think about it like this... Robot. All of these people are all going to different jobs and you're guaranteed to see someone else at some point, no matter where you are. I mean, I know business is a pretty big and broad industry. However, natural resources isn't. And that's what I'm in. So it's very likely that I'll see someone 
from my classes this year, five years, 10 years down the road as a supervisory position in a job that I might wanting to be able to go do. So it just goes to show you, you need to, you know, make friends, play nice. Share so, your toys. <laughs> so with that, that sounded creepy. <laughs> so with that, the interval between social life and school. Now we'll just talk about social life, and we'll talk about introverts and extroverts. And by the sound of it, you probably peg me as an extrovert. However, the irony is, I land pretty much smack dab in the middle. I'm very much an introvert, and I think I don't know if that comes across in the in this podcast, but I am. And I have a terrible time not talking to people because I get really nervous that they're gonna just not like me. Which is stupid because they're not gonna like you if you don't talk to them anyway. It's true. You'll be the weird creepy girl in the corner. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Talk to introverts. They're not that scary. And they you don't bite. It's they're true. just scared of you. <laughs> so Having someone that lands on the middle and then having an introvert, this is really good. This section is going to be really good for people that aren't necessarily good at talking to people. I mean, I, a lot of times, really despise people. I, <laughs> wow. It's true. I'm just being brutally honest. A lot of times I look at someone and I'm like, wow, really? Okay. But I'll talk to them and they don't necessarily ever know. Not that I'm lying to their face, but I am kind of a little bit. But I also think it's important to, you know, save plus, space. Plus, you don't always know somebody. Like, somebody might be really, really aggressive. I, I don't want to use that term. Have a bad day. Have, they like, yeah, they can have a bad, bad day. day. Or, like, they just come across really grumpy when you first meet them. But then once they get to know you, they, like, Yeah, their dog up. might have died. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wade. Yeah, or Nikki. Wade. With her sister. Wade, our... Our roommate is an extrovert. I did not like him when we first met. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a clash, man. It was bad. But see, Wade is a good person. I just had to get to know him. It's kind of a yeah, kind of a noob sometimes. It's true. So a couple things for introverts. I know this is going to be really, really terrifying, and your palms are probably sweating listening to the thought of talking to people, but. There are a couple ways that you can figure out how to read a crowd so that you can better tackle this crowd and talk to people. I mean, one of the things that I'm definitely going to offer is a podcast I listen to that really helped me go from an introvert, well, go from a middle ground person to being able to be an extrovert and strike up a good conversation. And that's the art of charm. Go out, listen to their podcast. They are fantastic. They do a lot of really good shows. However, you don't want to go somewhere else. I'm going to try to give you my couple quick tactics for talking to a crowd or being able to, you know, intercept and strike up a conversation with someone. So first off is look for other introverts. I mean, if you're introverted and you know that you have a hard time talking to people, when you walk in to a room where you want to go stand, is probably where other introverts are also looking to go stand. Talk to the other weirdos in the corner. It's true. <laughs> Not that you're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. I talk to I talk to people like me yeah. who stand in the corner and don't talk to anybody. And it's much easier to approach them, isn't it? Kind of. 
kind of. It's still scary. <laughs> yeah, it's still scary. But what? How's that phrase go? Five seconds of, five seconds of bravery can win you a lifetime of happiness, or something like that. Is that a real saying? I Did believe you make that up. No, I I heard it somewhere, or I heard some part of it somewhere. <laughs> was it on the interwebs? <laughs> no, I think it was in a movie. Anyways, find <laughs> find them, and you will be able to strike up a conversation. Now, however, the conversation part of that might fall at the wayside, but at least you talk to someone and you got your name out and you want to know what the best icebreaker of all is hi i'm kodiak and they you know put out your hand and they shake your hand and they're like hi i'm john and then you follow up with some real simple question hi john i see you're wearing a red shirt i like red shirts (laughs) please don't do that you're gonna make john the poor little introvert standing in the corner super uncomfortable but just follow up with some simple question like hey john you know what do you drive? Or what do you do for a living? Yeah, that's always a good one. Where people... do you go to school? If you are relatively the same age and you are pretty sure they go to the same school as you. Right. Or yeah. if they bring it up and be like, oh, or if you're at something where you're both there for the same reason and be like, oh, I see that you also like elephants at this elephant convention. Exactly. And the <laughs> best part is people tell you what they want to talk about. They will offer up information. You just have to be able to listen and say, okay, John is here for this elephant convention. However, he told me that his daughter's getting engaged. Oh my gosh, that's awesome, John. What's your daughter like? Do you like the guy? So When's the wedding? Yeah, when's the wedding? Is it going to be small? I mean, Are they having it in the fall? I mean, there's I like 20 weddings. minutes of conversation right there. Because once you break him out of the shell out of his shell, he's going to be happy that you did. I mean, he's no longer the awkward guy. He's the guy that's talking to people at this convention. About elephants. Or his daughter. I'm sorry. I mean, (laughs) it's, and it sounds so simple and it is terrifying. However, the best icebreaker is, hi, my name is, and that is the best icebreaker in my opinion. It's also easier if you make eye contact before talking to them. Or as you walk up. Yeah. So don't don't be like the creepy person who's like staring at them across the room and be like, I'm going to go talk to that person. But like make subtle eye contact a couple of times, maybe once, and then like start to walk over. John the introvert is going to get all like palms sweaty because you're coming over to him and your palms are going to be all sweaty. So maybe like grab a glass of water and be like, my palms are just wet from the glass of water. But... That was a trick Alicia learned tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah, we were at this, we were at a meet and greet, and I was like, and was I like, drug her too. She was kicking and screaming. Yeah, I was really nervous because I didn't know anybody, and it was about motorcycles, which I also have no knowledge on whatsoever. And so it was like, it was like, come to this meet and greet. We're gonna talk about motorcycles. I don't have a motorcycle. Who am I gonna talk to? I found this other introverted girl. And her boyfriend rode a motorcycle, and she didn't. And I was like, score. And I was holding my Coca-Cola, and I was like, score. I got super cold hands, so I'm not as hot, so I'm not sweating, which I'm all nervous about. Anyway, this is, like, really personal. (laughs) And then... It's okay, no one listens to it anyways. Not that my 10 listeners are nobodies, but... 13 listeners are nobodies, but, you know, 13's a little less than 15,000, so I don't... (laughs) 
you 13 people better not tell anybody about this and be like, Alicia has really sweaty hands when she gets nervous. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we, we struck up a conversation. It was it was easier when I was I was convincing myself I'm not going to see these people any, ever again. And it's super easy to be the more like social person in my case when I don't think I'm going to see these people ever again. Like in Thailand, I was pretty much an extrovert. I would talk to everybody. I think I talked to everybody because I was convinced that I was never going to see these people ever again. Right. So th that was something we learned about her that it worked for her and it works very well. So, and, and that rolls right into if you guys are worried or want to meet people, meet people within your within your hobbies. I mean, at the Ele John at the elephant convention, he was clearly there to meet other elephant enthusiasts. Join a Facebook group. Do something. That's what I did. I joined a motorcycle Facebook group, and it's the weirdest thing. You join something that people are excited about, and guess what? They don't care if you're tall, short. It doesn't matter because you guys already have this thing in common. Yeah, you already have something to talk about. It's true. It's not going to be awkward. So talking about the introvert, we'll switch to extrovert real quick. Extroverts. You guys feed off of other people's energy. I mean, that's kind of how extroverts are. You recharge by talking to people. And if you have an introverted friend, it's probably pretty hard for you to understand what they're going through when they're like, yeah, I, I'm done here. You know, I, I just want to go home and be, be alone for a while. And you're like, what? You want to go home? But this is so much fun. This party just got started. Yeah. And there's like, so many people here. I don't know why you're uncomfortable. And it's, it's <laughs> super easy to just kind of be like, hey, oh, whatever whatever you introvert and just try to associate with them. Try to, try to think in the way that being around people is physically tiring. I mean, it takes energy instead of where you're coming from, where it gives you energy. So just try to associate with that. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to do. However, it being an extrovert, it's not really difficult to balance social life because, or I haven't found that it's difficult for the people I know that are extroverts to balance social life because that's what they want to do. I think the problem that extroverts come across though is that they, they have too much of a social life. So they push other things on the back burner. Things that are important, like work and, and school. school. Like our extrover extroverted uh, roommate, Wade, who spent the majority of last semester hanging out with his friends instead of studying and then was like, Oh my god, I have to study because finals are coming up and I don't know anything because I didn't go to class all semester. Yep. So, if you're an extrovert, just remember there are other aspects of your life and that social life is extremely important for you, that you're going to need energy from it. Like, that's really what you want to do, but you do have to do other things. Mm -hmm. You can't just talk to people. And that's where social life meets everything else. I mean... If you're an extrovert and you love hanging out and talking to people and you're going to school, then have a study group. Meet with the idea that you guys are going to study. Or if you guys are at work and you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, be like, hey guys, I'm going to go play golf later tonight. You want to come? So try to intermingle your social life with the rest, with the rest of, of your the life. stuff you're trying to accomplish. Right. And if you're an extrovert and you... I don't foresee having many, many issues with hooking up in the relationship area if you are in a non-committed relationship. However, there are issues that you will run across in a committed relationship because you are so extroverted. 
especially if you're dating someone who's introverted. So for there, it's definitely a challenge. However, that we will tackle in another because that is a whole podcast worth of information and we are getting really close to our time. I think we're going to have to divide this into three. Yep. So the health and hobbies will be coming next. This has been the Live, Learn, Love Abroad podcast. If you guys want to reach out and contact us, you are more than welcome to at the learn, live, love abroad at gmail.com. Please do, because we really want to hear your feedback and we want to hear what you have to say and we want to hear what your ideas are, where we should go and what we should talk about because we're not just talking to hear ourselves talk. We want We want to provide information that's useful for you and that you want to hear about because otherwise you're not going to be interested in our podcast. And, and this, that would be said. And this is really a listener powered podcast. I mean, we really love to hear from you guys. Love to hear where you're from. I mean, give us a shout out on where you guys are at listening to our podcast. If you're jogging or if you are at work and sitting in front of a, a ton of wash, washing dishes, that's where I listen to my podcasts. <laughs> If you guys love what we do, go ahead and drop us a donation. There's a PayPal. It's secure. It's, you know, safe. We're not going to steal your money. Only the money that you give us. And that's not considered <laughs> that's stealing. That's not stealing. That was a gift. <laughs> you can't take it back. Well, I mean, so, you could. Yeah, that'd be but scary. I don't know how that... No, so, never mind. I don't know how that works, so don't do it. So, this is the Learn, Live, Love Abroad podcast. One more time, guys. We really appreciate you listening to the end. If you love us... Let your friends know, because the best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah, please do. To your grandmama. To your grandmammy. (laughs) Yo, grandmammy. (laughs) All right, guys. This is Kodiak. And this is Alicia. And we're signing off. Till next time.